Blog Talk Radio. The following has taken place during Total Sports Live. Another edition of the Total Sports Live podcast here on Blog Talk Radio and also on TuneIn Radio. So make sure you download the TuneIn Radio app. You can check us out on there. Download it, like I said, it's on your on if you got Android or in the Google Play Store or if you got any Apple device, you can do that as well to download the TuneIn Radio app. We got a great show for you guys tonight as we just came off a terrific game five between the Cleveland Cavaliers and the Golden State Warriors. Just tremendous, just tremendous basketball from from all, from 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 both teams. LeBron James once again did his thing, triple-double, but again, it was not enough as Steph Curry, Chef Curry, whatever you want to call him, came out, balled out, 37 points, hit dagger threes, turned Matthew Deladova around, put him on the spinning chair, just did everything to the man, just basically get the man off the court, just did it all to him. And the, and the Warriors are one game away from an NBA title, folks. Amazing. Also, we're going to talk about a wild week in Philadelphia sports. Evan Mathis gets cut by the Eagles. What's next for them in the offensive line? We're also going to talk about Joel Embiid, the setback. We're going to talk about that as well. And finally, we're going to end up with some Phillies talk. Don Brown gets called up, and Aaron Nola also gets promoted to AAA. We're going to talk about that all that more here on the podcast. But if you want to get in and give your thoughts about game, about game five, you can call in. At 323-642-1256. At 323-642-1256. But always joining me on the podcast is not is 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 my one and only. Excuse me. This was it's just been a crazy game. Always joining me on the podcast is my co-host, the one and only Angela Montoni. Angela, how are you doing tonight? As I said, as me and you talked, it's been a wild. Week in Philadelphia sports, and that game five just capped it off a, a wild week in sports with Steph Curry just going off tonight. Oh, well, you know that any day where the Cleveland Cavaliers lose is a happy day in my universe. And we just have so much to talk about. I'm really glad that I can talk really fast because we have a lot to cover in like 26 minutes. Yeah, we definitely got a lot to cover in 40 something minutes, so we'll get that going right now. But also joining us. On the show, he joined us the last time we did the podcast. It was game two. He joined us in game two. Joining us also 
from totalsportswide.com is Gavin Davis joining us on the podcast. How you doing, Gavin? Doing well, Joe, and excited from all this great basketball we're seeing. I feel spoiled. Yeah, Jeff, it was in game five was a pretty interesting game. Uh, we thought that the Cavs were going to – we were thinking what kind of adjustment they were going to make, and they made an adjustment. Mozgov was on the bench to start the game, and they were going small to match a small lineup. It was close for the most part. You thought the Cavs were going to pull away with it, but then Andre Godala was dishing out assists. Uh, Steph Curry was starting to heat up. This wasn't the same Steph that we saw in the first three games. He started to get his shot early, and once he saw it started falling early, it was a wrap. It was just a, just a, just a crazy, crazy game. Gavin, what was your thoughts just on game five and the Warriors now only being one game away from having their first NBA title in 40 years? Oh, yeah, Jovan, like you said, obviously 40 years since the Warriors have won. So for that team, obviously Cleveland yep. as a city has been in a bit of more of a drought than that, but – the Warriors themselves, 40 years in the making, one game away, must be pretty excited for all the Golden State Warriors fans out there. But I thought it was a fantastic display. I mean, I've been saying it all along. It's only a matter of time before Steph Curry has at least one. I think he's still got one left between these last two games. A Steph Curry game where he just goes off, is the baby-faced assassin we've come to know and love through this NBA season and who won the MVP. And he showed us that same guy. Not as to say he's been bad in the first four games, as I think a narrative might have said. He had that one poor shooting night. He hasn't been bad. He just wasn't as good by Steph Curry standards. Warriors are such a deep team. They give you so much off the bench. I think Barbosa uh, is another guy who, you know, goes really under the radar but is so crucial tonight, really came off the bench, performed so well for the Warriors. Another one of their guards who can come in and just give them high-quality minutes. Iguodala, you know, wasn't able to score and really struggled from the free-throw line, but still contributed to his team in a multitude of ways. This Warrior team, man, they look tough to beat, and I don't know if the Cavaliers have anything left in their gas tank to win two more games. Yeah, definitely, and, you know, with just, it was just, it was just, it was a ridiculous game. Like you said, Steph Curry had, you know, this is the game that we were waiting for him. And my, oh my, did, did he have, did he, did he have a hell of a game? 37 points, seven rebounds, four assists, seven to 13 from three point range, 13 to 23. Draymond Green, another good game by him, plus 23, 16 points. Nine rebounds, six assists. Harrison Barnes almost a double-double. And he also had two monster slams that just had me going crazy in my house. You see a monster slam. Big a dollar, 14 points, eight rebounds, seven assists. He almost had a triple-double. Clay with 12. And then, like you said, Barboza giving him 13 off the bench. We're going to do that. You're going to get get the job done. And the Warriors also shot 46% from three-point range. Just ridiculous. And won the fast-break point battle as well. Just ridiculous stats all around. Angel, what was your thoughts of this ridiculous game five? I mean, I just think that, yeah, like, Andre Iguodala, his his free throw shooting was completely atrocious. I think we all kind of got used to that while he was in Philadelphia. He was never really good from the line. But there were things that he did tonight that were, like, that, that behind the pass, or that behind the back pass, for the layup that you and I were talking about. Like, that was a thing of beauty. 
his defense is nothing ever short of stellar. He gives you things that are great when he has people to work around. He was expected to kind of carry the team here, and he's not that kind of player. But with how he's been playing, and, you know, I, I hate the fa- I hate his, his free throw stats tonight because I think that's, like, the only thing that would work against me in what I'm about to say. But I honestly got, like, to not only say but believe that he could be the finals MVP just kind of makes my heart happy because I always really liked him. Now, again, like, right. I think the only real argument you could put for that is, like, his free throw shooting tonight, which was completely terrible, and I will admit to that. But other than that, I mean, the thing he's done, his defense, his this, his that, his the third, he's in the running. He's at least in the conversation for it should the Warriors win. And I hope they win because you know that I want the Warriors to win because, you know, screw team Cleveland and all that. But just to even, like, be able to say that and not just say it but believe it, it really makes me happy that, you know, he's actually, like, in that kind of conversation because he was always a really good player and a really good teammate and good for him. I, Angela, I totally agree with everything you said. Andre Iguodala throughout his entire career has started on every other team that he's played for. And this is the first year where he was willing to come off the bench, which is so crucial for this Golden State team. And ironically enough, he obviously has not shot the ball great from the charity stripe this series. Andre Iguodala in his career, a 72% free throw shooter outside of these playoffs. So traditionally a pretty good free throw shooter, especially for a forward, but has just really struggled throughout this series. Going back to the conversation about MVP, I know this might be an unpopular view, but I think there is a real argument out there for LeBron James to win the MVP regardless of who wins the finals. I'm not saying that he should win it. I just think that based off of his superhuman, Herculean effort out of four of the five games, I think the evidence is on the table. And you have no idea yeah, yeah. how much that pains me to agree with you given how much yeah. I dislike yep. LeBron. I mean, I listen. I can, I can think that he's he's a jerk as a person, but I still have to respect his immense talent. Mm -hmm. And I can also understand, and really can't argue with either your argument, and that kills me because Mm. I just dislike him so much. (laughs) And I am Javon's probably like shocked to hear me say this, but I'm not like going off like I I I just can't, but. It kills me to agree with you on that, but I understand it. I, I mean, I mm. would completely be okay with that argument because, like you said, Herculean would be the word to describe it. Right, right. Because he's, I mean, he had a supporting cast, and then one by one they got injured. Mm. And he was really just like the last, the last man standing, holding the bag. Mm-hmm. And he, he did what he could do. And, you know, it's probably not going to get them another ring, but, you know, he... He did, you know, I, I agree with you. I hate to say it. God, I hate to say it. You, you go ahead. You talk about LeBron. It probably doesn't make you feel as dirty as it makes me feel me. You go ahead. <laughs> but, before, but before we talk more about LeBron, we got a caller on the line. I know who this is calling in. He's called in on his show a couple of times when we did the podcast and joined me in studio when we had WSP doing Total Sports Live. Wayne, a.k.a. the rapper known as Kid Wiz, joining us on the Total Sports Live podcast. Well, so, so I mean, I, I'm listening, and you know, I mean, I jumped in the middle of the conversation. I gotta ask, you know, what, what, what attributes makes LeBron a jerk to you? I'm just, I'm just curious. Oh yeah, okay. <laughs> because all right, 
I just, as good of a player he always was when he was younger, I just always kind of hated his ego. And then when he thought he was important enough to, like, do a live, you know, press conference on TV to, like, announce his free signing, it was just kind of like, all right, dude, come on, seriously. Now, so okay. he went, and See, he went, hold on, like, you, know, you asked, okay, you hold asked on, the hold question. Hold on, hold on, don't, don't ask me to hold on, hold on, stop. You asked me to answer the question, I'm answering the question, so let me answer no, the question before ahead, you can rebut. No, no, leave it. Okay, all right, listen, you, you can't ask me to answer a question for you and then interrupt me as I'm halfway through it. So all if you right, want right, me to right, answer I'm it. Out. No, it's a, no, 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 he, he asked me a question, I'm trying to answer it. And he tries to interrupt me, I'm just saying. I can answer it. You misunderstood right. what I was saying. I wasn't saying, hold on. I was saying, go on. You asked me what made him a jerk to me. I'm trying to answer the question for you, and you keep interrupting me while I'm in the middle of it. So if you would like me to answer it so we can have a conversation about it, that's one thing, but let me answer the question. Yeah, go ahead. Please. I was saying, go ahead. You thought I was saying, stop. I was saying, go ahead. Okay. That's not really how I heard of it, basically. His, his inflated sense of ego that made him do that press conference and stuff. Like, he went he went to Miami. He won his ring. He was there at the big three. Good for him. Like, whatever. And then the, then his contract is up, and then the, the Cavaliers steal the number one draft pick, trade it away, and then all of a sudden, like, have a decent team. So what does he do? He says he's going back. Oh, I made him and all this. No. But just call it what it is. You got paid. You got your ring. And you're going to just try to undo all the bad PR that you created for yourself when you took your talents to South Beach. But don't try to act like you're the prodigal son of the NBA because you're not. He's a phony. And as great a player as he is, I just, you know, I, he, I don't really think there's anything below face value. I don't see him as one of those players that's like, you know, one of those really great guys that's, like, little to their franchises that you always, like, you know, you remember he's a great athlete. You're like, no, they were a good guy, too. Like, he's, you know, he's a great player, but I think he's a douche, and that's just my opinion. And, you know, you can think he's awesome, and that's your opinion, and we're all entitled to them. So, great opinions. Okay. My 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 only thing is because, you know, I, I, I mean, Javon knows I, I do a lot of different um, blogs, and, and, and I'm involved in a lot of different people's sports opinions, and and I like to separate, you know, personal feelings from facts. And um, I believe sometimes, you know I mean, when you have personal feelings about somebody, you, you become biased to what they're actually doing. Um, like, for instance, you know, people talk about, hey, he did that, he did that, that press conference where he's some type of big shot, but they don't speak about the fact that the proceeds from that press conference went to all five cities that he was that he had in the running you know, he put that he put the proceeds from that interview into the school districts of all five cities in which he was debating on going to. But, you know, that that's the thing that people, you know, paying over. Um, he went to Miami, that was his personal choice. He didn't you know, I, I clearly remember a time when Kobe Bryant told his team, um, I'm not signing back or I mean, I'm I'm going to have a, a serious trade issue with you guys if you don't get me a superstar. That's prima donna attitude to me. That's that's you know, I respect Kobe Bryant, but I clearly remember when, you know, if Paul Gasol didn't get there by the end of the season, he was going to demand a trade. Um, mm-hmm. You know, there's there's a lot of things you can bring up that a lot of superstars had done. You know, I mean, you can bring up personal stories, personal stories. You know what I mean, that NBA players, um, 
football players, artists that have, have about meeting uh, Michael Jordan. I have one about meeting Michael Jordan. But, you know, we don't – those are the things that are like actual, you know, facts. You know, facts that when in person this guy did this. You know, in person this – Kobe did this. Jordan did that. But – you don't have those same personal, you know, character issues with LeBron. So to attack his character and call him a douche or, or something of that nature seems a little biased, you know. I mean, now you're entitled to your opinion, which you are. But to me, my whole point about this series, you know I mean, my whole point about this series is you're watching a, a, a great but tainted series. Um, Steph Curry's MVP of the season. You know, that team is great. Don't get me wrong. That team is great. But, you know, they, if they, which I think they will, win this title, there, there's always going to be that, that X mark, you know, that asterisk next to the name. Um, they, they beat up this, this beat-up team. There is, I mean, you might not like it, but it's always going to be that asterisk. And, you know, it's a tainted thing because LeBron is going to take people like, people like um, the, the young lady on the phone right now who have those character issues with LeBron and have those those you know biases towards LeBron and their beliefs and his actions are going to look at this as oh this is why you're not great you lost again you know and that's it, it, it makes the, the the finals kind of tame um, skill wise LeBron is putting on something that I don't think anybody in NBA history could do with this squad I mean you can you, this it's all opinionated. I mean, so you can say maybe somebody could have did this, maybe Wilt Chamberlain could have did this, you know. But given the three second, I mean, three second in the paint roll, who knows? I'm saying I don't think anybody in league history with this team could compete with this Warriors team the way that the Cavaliers have. One blowout, and tonight really wasn't a blowout. It was just in the last three minutes, Steph caught fire, and it was over. I mean, three minutes don't make don't take away from the fact that this game was competitive. Throughout, you know what I mean, and the, the the performance that LeBron is putting on right now does make him arguably in the MVP talks, and the fact that he's in the MVP talks because when I when I got on, I heard your Eagle Dollar debate. Um, the fact that he's in the MVP talks ultimately kind of bumped Iggy out of the MVP talks, and I know people want to talk about the numbers and all of that, but you know how Iggy has been playing him. But at the end of the day, Kawhi Leonard got his defensive notoriety for what he did to LeBron, and LeBron didn't have these type of games. You know, like Kawhi Leonard won won finals MVP last year because he locked LeBron up. LeBron was putting up 20 here. You know, I think one game he had under 20. I got to double check. But, you know, putting up bad games. You're watching this out of five games. LeBron had four monster games. You know, I mean, two of them came on with losses, but that just the fact that he had those, you know, these forty plus and two triple doubles kind of bumps Iguodala out of the argument. You know, and Javon, you already know how I feel about Andre Iguodala, great player, a highly underrated player, but this is Steph Curry at the right time getting these offenses flowing. You know, that's that's what we gotta take into consideration here. This isn't anybody anybody else is doing. This is really comes down to Steph Curry at the right times has managed to get this team going. 
I would, I would agree. Devon, I'm, I'm, so, I'm so, like, flabbergasted. I've been your co-host for how long? I don't even have a name. <laughs> oh, no, I, I'm, I, uh, I'm on and off this show, so I'm sorry if I don't, I'm sorry if I don't remember your name. I apologize about that. That's, that's my apology. But I'm just giving you my, my viewpoint. I think the the one thing that we have to talk about, and I agree with most of what was said in terms of LeBron MVP thing. I think there's a strong argument there. However, to give kind of the put the X mark next to the series, I I can't agree with that. Injuries. You look at any kind of sport, teams receive injuries, and I'm not saying that the injuries to the Cavaliers are significant. They are. Their power forward and their point guard, both starting, are no longer playing. Huge, significant injuries. That that's so accurate. But this Warriors team is incredible. They are so deep. They are so good. Uh, the, the argument for an asterisk next to it, I feel as though, is a little ridiculous. If you want to sing the high songs of LeBron scoring 40 points and being up 2-1, you know, you can't put an asterisk next to it afterwards. If you want to talk about how he's been the series MVP and he's been fantastic, then you can't talk about how the Warriors have kind of gotten one over on the Cavaliers. In basketball, there's injuries. Teams suffer True. injuries throughout the playoffs. The Wizards didn't make it out of it. The round with Atlanta because of John Wall's early on injury. You know, injuries are all over the playoffs. You know, to say that one team has an X next to a finals win, I don't know if I can agree with that. Uh, I just Neil, I don't think that's fair to the efforts of the Golden State Warriors this year. I completely I agree with you, Gavin. Absolutely, hundred and ten percent. You can't. There are you can you can go like you just said. You can go through countless amount of sports and playoffs through baseball, hockey. Freaking, you can even go to women's volleyball in the Olympics and stuff, and there are asterisks after like injured players that don't get to play. But just because, like, just as a matter of circumstance, that certain players that were assets to the team ended up being injured, it doesn't. You're right; it doesn't discount the efforts of the team that's actually, you know, winning at the moment. And it is mm-hmm. kind of insulting. I completely agree with you, 110 percent, Gavin. Mm-hmm. Now, my 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 problem is. Um, my problem with with the the whole asterisk thing and like saying that there can't be one is the simple fact that you look at you have to look at the the the, the plus minus of LeBron when he gets on and off the court and see I understand injuries happen injuries happen but you know let's 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 not act like um let's not act like these these series um. The, the history of sports has not always set asterisks. There are, I mean, in NFL, NHL, and I mean, just the major major sports that come to my mind, and then NFL, NHL, um, baseball, um, and, 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 and basketball, there are injuries that, that we end up doing. You see ESPN reports on if this hadn't happened, you know, this that that automatically makes it an asterisk. It doesn't it, it doesn't go in the history no, but it doesn't, like it that. doesn't automatically it, make it an asterisk. It doesn't automatically no. make it an asterisk. Oh, no, what if Napoleon Zorn was completely healthy? They would have won the World Series in two thousand three. What if he and Lafayette La- La- didn't get a concussion? They would have won the they would have won the Stanley Cup. What if Rawls was completely healthy? They would have won the Super Bowl. You can we can go on and on and on and on. But you know, just because it doesn't it doesn't make the victory of the Patriots in that Super Bowl any more any more valid doesn't make any of that shit any more valid. Well, like you're you're okay, you're talking, you, you, you are so talking about your real right point. Now. Can I finish mine? Can I finish mine? You have a My point to make, is, but you're talking out of your reader. 
I'm not talking about every single, every single, every single, but you you were doing the business. All right, 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 time, 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 time out, time, time out, time out, like, time out, like, we're, like, like, I understand both people's viewpoints on this. I understand how... I understand both points of how people might say that this might be an asterisk to it because, like you said, I understand how there might be a people might say this is an asterisk because we ha- because when you have an asterisk, it might look like an asterisk because they say, well, there's no K-Love, there's no Kyrie, so they're not at full strength. So this might, you know, it, it could it could have been a, it could have it could have been a different series if you have those if you have those two players on the court. And then I see the other side of it where it said there is no answer because this is sports. You know, both teams got here for a reason without once without, you know, they got they got here for a reason. It doesn't matter who's on the team. You play to win the championship. You put all the tables. You put all the all the, all the marbles on the table right there and you go on from there. And, you know, that's where we're going to that's where we're going to leave that, you know, that's where we're going to leave that conversation for there for now. Uh, Wayne, do you have any more uh, comments or questions on it for us? As far as the finals go? Yeah. Okay. Um, can I, I mean, is, is it cool if I just finish my point? Like, as far as what, what I meant by my answers? Yeah, go ahead and finish, yeah, go ahead and finish your point because I, okay. we need, because we need to move on and talk about the Eagles and stuff, so yeah. Okay, yeah, I mean, definitely I want to talk about the Eagles too, but, um, my my point about the Astros is simply this. I mean, the 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 major point difference between LeBron taking just a minute seat, seat at the beginning of the fourth and his sporadic sittings throughout games is what makes the Astros a valid argument. The fact that there's been a a almost they've they've almost won games. I mean, completely turned the tides of every game. As soon as LeBron James takes a breather, yeah, I mean, and my my thing is, yes, you can speak in history of teams that injuries kept them from winning titles, and yeah, whether the history books have the answers or not, because they're never going to have the answers. The fact that you bring those teams up means you remember that makes the answers. It's never going to be a, a, a written answers, never. But as soon as you can say, oh. This team would have won had they not been injured. That makes the Astrich valid. I mean, that's all I'm saying. At the end of the day, as soon as you can bring up these teams in the past and how if this guy didn't get hurt, this guy, that's the Astrich that I'm speaking of. It's always in, in the, the fans' head, not, not the history books. Now on to the Eagles. Game six, uh, like I said, the Warriors do win. They do win game five tonight going away. The 104-91, both teams do not get a break. Game six is on Tuesday night at 9 p.m. on eight on ABC. One day rest for both teams. We'll see how the Cavs, they have enough legs to recover for game six. And we'll see if the Splash Bros can close it out because we're going to ask LeBron James is going to bring his all and it's going to be up for the Warriors to bring their all for one more last game. And we're going to see what happens in game for the NBA Finals. Moving on here on the um, moving on here on the Total Sports Live podcast. If you want to get in and still talk 
about the NBA Finals, you can still call in 323-642-1256. You can always call in about that. But let's move on with another tale. It was a crazy week. The Philadelphia Sports have just began on, I want to say it was Thursday, as reports came out around like 3, 4 o'clock on Thursday afternoon that the Eagles have that the Eagles released offensive guard Evan Mathis after contract disputes and all of that and all of that noise and it brought up a lot of discussion around Philadelphia. I personally had Paul Chip Kelly and Eagle Maniac on various social media channels. And um then it, it shed a light because now this team does not have Evan Mathis no more. Uh they don't have LaShawn McCoy, no Jeremy Macklin, no Deshaun Jackson, no Nick Foles. There's literally that off their team that was here the last two seasons is pretty much Gone. Remember, there's no Todd Harriman to either because the Eagles got released him. So there's a lot of things going on with the Philadelphia Eagles, and it, you know, it got a lot of us thinking. What you know, it got a, it got a lot of us thinking. You know, is with Chip is 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 can, is, is, can Chip really distinguish from him being a coach and not letting it bleed over into me and his GM because so far it looks like the coach GM thing is probably not working out. We had a story about on Total Jalil wrote an excellent piece about it, about Chip versus the conventional wisdom and how him being a GM is not really working out so well because he cannot seem to distinguish it too. You can check that out on the site. But, Angela, what do you think about the Eagles releasing Evan Mathis I don't really think Evan helped his cause that much. I think Evan had, you know, reached the ceiling in terms of how much he could get paid for his position given his age. Mm-hmm. And he is one of the top in his position in the league. You can't take that away from him. But he is 34. And he was making a sizable chunk of, of change. And, you know, he just doesn't get it. He's been on the trade block for like two years, and no one's wanted to take him for that kind of money. It's not like they refuse to trade. Like, he's been out there, and, and nothing's happened. So right. he holds out, and I guess he tries to figure he can get more money for the Eagles, and I guess he hasn't gotten the memo that Chip is not, is not going to stand for that, and, and he caught him. I, I understand why Chip did it, but at the same time, it's like, oh, my God, you just weakened your offensive line so much more. And I... I hate to be skeptical, but I know if Adio was on the podcast right now, he would tell me that it's always how I am. I just I keep hearing about the system, and I want to see results from it, but I'm starting to get nervous that we're, it's just going to be like the tanking thing. Like we're going to keep they were oh be patient, be patient, and like years down the line, it's like well, what the hell are we been patient for? Like I've been patient long enough. Like I haven't seen, I've only seen one Eagle Super Bowl appearance in my entire life, and you know never any championship victory Super Bowl or before it was even renamed the Super Bowl. At least my father has that. But, like, I never saw any of that. It's like, I've been patient long enough. So people were telling me, like, oh, another 10-win season. I don't really feel like a 10-win season would be the success. I, I told you. And right. I said, Adia, 12, 12 wins. And as much as I don't necessarily know if I really believe it right now, given the, the, the shift in the personnel, I'm still going to stand by it because I said it. But, I mean, I don't think a 10-win season is going to be another success. But I don't think Evan Mathis really helped his cause by just not showing up. He just kind of uh-huh. demonstrated a poor attitude, which made him cuttable. And he just wasn't I – I think he was very short-sighted in this decision. And I like Evan Mathis, but, you know, best of luck to him wherever he ends up landing. But I think in this, thing, yeah. in this instance, he did, he did it to himself. 
That's, yeah, that's one great viewpoint about that. And Gavin, a lot of the Eagles players that are on this roster, especially Zach Earth, said, you know, pretty much is chips way or the highway. How do you feel when a coach pretty much has that notion of it's his way or the highway? And, you know, in my system, if you don't buy him out of rule, I don't care if you got a pro bowl, you're out, even though this guy has only been an NFL coach for his three years and no playoff victories. Well, the one thing that I, I will say is that Chip Kelly definitely is taking a bold approach with, with his, you know, my way or the highway method. And, you know, you'd like to see some sort of, you know, like you said, playoff success before these bold moves are be taken. That's who Chip Kelly is. He's made a career off of being unconventional, off of doing mm-hmm. things that are, you know, unnormal for the uh, football position. And the one thing that I can see in common with most of these bold roster moves we've seen from Chip Kelly the one commonality is all of these guys are from the Howie Roseman era. All of them, you know? Yeah. Chip Kelly has not cut any of the guys that he's drafted. He's not training any of the guys who he acquired. He's getting rid of guys who are from the old regime. He's cleaning house is what he's doing. He's bringing in his personnel. He's bringing in guys that he's got in so he can build his own team. That's what he had at Oregon. He was a part of the whole process there bringing in guys who he looked over and got from day one, and that's what he's building in Philadelphia, you know? I think Chip Kelly needs a, at least within five years to really kind of install his side of the offense, his side of football, because right now he's dealing with pieces from a former regime. He's the kind of guy who wants complete and utter control, you know, and with that comes a great deal of ego. He's an exciting guy to watch, so I think the future of Philadelphia football – is in good hands. I think it might be an exciting road ahead and maybe with some ups and downs along the way. But I think that Chip Kelly has a plan, and this is not just simply ego, but instead it's him wanting to bring in his own guys who he knows will be completely obedient to himself. Yeah, but it's the yeah, same definitely. time when Andy Reid took over the last regime change, you have like, the team ready to compete in the playoffs like, in two years. No, that's, that's fair and valid. I'm, I'm simply saying that I think Kelly wants his own regime. You know, Reed took over and, and got in the playoffs in two years, but Andy Reed is very different from Chip Kelly. You know, Chip you're, Kelly you're, is – I understand that you're right. He is. I don't know. And maybe this is just a skeptic in me, but, like, I would be more apt to put my faith in someone that wants to gut the franchise and rebuild it as their own if they had some, like, tangible NFL experience. Like, now he's a head coach. He is a general manager. I will happily sit down and eat crow if I am wrong about all of this. Like, let that be known. Yeah. No, I mean, but but to, be honest, to be fair, though, the guy was had a, an incredible success at Oregon. You know, he only went in the college level. He's not like Lane Kiffin and these other guys who have been in the NFL, couldn't take the heat and went back to college. The guy was just in college. He made it up to the pro. He's had three years, you know. I think at the five-year mark is when you start asking the serious questions about success if the playoff victories aren't there. But like I said, I think he's building regime, and I think he's got a five-year plan. I mean, Definitely. I really if hope I can, so. Yeah. If I can add into this, it, it, the, I understand, uh, and trust me, um, especially like I'm a Baltimore Ravens fan. Javon already knows this. But as a um, Ravens fan, we understand when we, we, we put faith in – and Ozzy, you know, and Ozzy we trust. The problem mm-hmm. is, is um, Philadelphia 
is a different fan base. And I'm saying this because I, I'm from Philadelphia. We, I mean, to, to say five years from now, man, the, 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 the problem is will, will the fans – would the fans be accepting of that? Um, there might be a mm-hmm. legit five-year plan that can make the Eagles, you know, like, I mean, in a perfect world, there could be a, a five-year plan that makes the Eagles a dynasty. But um, would the fans allow him to live out those five years? And that that, that that becomes the problem. I understand, you know, as a, as a general manager, the whole goal is to put the team you envision together. You know, um, every GM, they want they want that squad that they have in their mind. So I have no problem with any of the moves that that um, that Chip Kelly has made so far because this is about his idea of what a good team is. Um, when when mm-hmm. he was when he was given those responsibilities, that means you know um, the higher ups deemed whatever idea he brought to them reasonable, you know, reasonable and good. So my whole my whole thing with the Eagles. Um, off season this year, especially getting rid of an offensive line, and you, um, the Eagles have been riddled with offensive line injuries for the last couple of years. So it's hard to justify spending that type of money. I understand. I definitely got the first point that was brought out. It's hard to justify, you know, spending a lot of money on players that a position that has been very touch and go um, for the last couple of years. It's been a lot of. Um, he's down, plug him in. He's down, plug him in. And I can't pay the guy. I can't pay anybody big bucks for the the, the injuries we've had. I mean, they've had. Um, however, there has to be. I think as a as a general manager and a coach, when you're just a general manager, the moves you make are the moves you make. But when you're the general manager and a coach, I think he has to be more upfront about what he's planning to do, um, especially with the fan base that you have in Philadelphia. It's you can't – when you make a move like that, you can't sit on it for a couple of days and then speak on it or be vague speaking on it because you're not just the GM. You're the head coach, you know, mm-hmm. and you have to be held to that accountability. So um, my whole thing right now is you have to wait on it, but the big question is will Philadelphia allow him to, you know, have the time – to put that vision together. I think that's absolutely correct. I think that the patience of Philadelphia Eagles fans will definitely be tested. That's a well said fact. Just to clarify, though, when I say five years, I mean including his first three. So within the next two years is what I'm talking oh, about. Oh, okay, okay. Success. Yeah, because five years about now and, and, yeah, an eight-year career with no playoff success, I think that's a good recipe of getting canned in year five, you know? <laughs> but, yeah. Definitely. So we'll see what else the Eagles do when it comes to this off season and training camp, and we'll see what happens this summer because the eye is definitely around the NFL. The eyes are definitely pointed on the Eagles and all that. So we'll see what happens. But make sure all we got, you can check out all our Eagles stuff on totalsportslive.com. A lot of great stories on there. Evan Mathis, Riley Cooper. What happened to him from his drop off and defending Demarco Murray? A lot of people will come at Demarco Murray giving criticism. So you can check all that out on the site. You got about five minutes left, so we can touch on this topic real fast. Joel and B, there was a report that came out oh, Saturday Lord. night about why oh, uh, Adrian Wojnarowski came out and said that and B has not really. Gamal said that and B has really not healed yet. It's not healed up, so it doesn't like her playing the summer league, and it's a setback. 
And all this stuff is swirling. Philadelphia Sixers fans are going bonkers. I've had people telling me this is just all a smokescreen because the Eagles don't know. I mean, not the Eagles because the Sixers don't want other teams to know who they're drafting. This, that, and the third. And it wasn't beat a mistake. And say if he never plays again, you know, a 20-year-old with foot problems and he's a big man that just that just screams Greg Golden, Yao Ming, Sam Bowie, whoever you want to call it. Ah. <sighs> What will the Eagles do with their third third round? I mean, not their third round, with their third overall pick Hold on. in this year's draft. Just a lot of stuff happening with the e- with the Sixers. Excuse me, I don't know why people saying Eagles, but Sixers. And Angela, what was your immediate reaction when you heard this and B news? And do you think this changes the Sixers' plans when it comes to? the NBA draft. Because we also got to remember this week also, this past week, D'Angelo Russell canceled his workout with the Sixers. So what, are your media, what was your immediate reaction? That's not necessarily an indicator. That could fall under a yeah. multitude of things. I read that he got sick. He could also figure that when, you know, he sees them at the at the combine, that that would suffice. You know, there, it, it, him... Him canceling his workout is not tantamount to him agreeing to time with someplace else. And so let's just get that out of the way. I'm still hopeful for D'Angelo Russell. That's, like, who I still want, I, who I have wanted. I've made no bones about it. Um, I hope that D.D. is not really injured. And I think if it was a snow screen, that would actually be kind of brilliant. Because it was like, oh, no, our big guy that we drafted third overall last year, he's still not healthy. It's going to make sure that the two people ahead of them, the Lakers and, and um, Timberwolves. Timberwolves. Yeah, Timberwolves. Oh, my God. I just brain farted so bad right there. They're going to be like, okay, we'll take the big guys and, and we'll leave them with him when they don't really need him. They want him, but they don't really need him because they need another big guy because the big guy they drafted last year got a broken foot still. So, I mean, if it's, it, if it's really a smoke screen, it's kind of actually genius a little bit. In some ways, mm-hmm. but I I hope that's all it is because um, I really don't want like they draft injured players all the time and if Joel Embiid just can't go for a second year in a row, it's just, it's really going to be it's, I don't know. I was contemplating taking this for over when I couldn't take it for months, and now I'm just kind of like, oh well, Embiid's not really that ready to go. I don't think I'm going to do that. Definitely, now, um, one thing I had I have read too. Um, that the the MB thing is kind of um, overbrushing the fact that um, the Sixers reached out to try to buy out Sarek from overseas, um, and I believe the the person who pointed this out to me um, said that this would give Sarek an incentive to want to um, really hash out this deal to come to Philadelphia, knowing that he'd be instantly able to start. So um, that's definitely a ploy that I've heard that they're they're trying to get they're trying to bring um, their overseas pros- um, prospect over and want him to feel as though he has really nobody in the forefront. We already know um, Narlene Noel is, is is coming along, but um, I've heard that that Sarik is is the the reason that they're allowing this information to leak because even from the reports I've read on Yahoo, they they didn't say anything about him missing. Um, NBA time, like actual season time, they're just saying that the healing process is taking longer than they expected. So, you know, and especially with no timetable, they that could be anything. You know, it could be 
end of July. He misses he misses a couple of the summer leagues, but you know, end of July he's back. And I've I mean I've seen firsthand when I came to Philadelphia um, uh, a little while back earlier this year. I've seen firsthand some of his workouts, and sheesh, like the, the, the kid is is definitely all there. Like don't. I, I didn't see any real hinders in the workouts and the one-on-one drills that he that I've seen very, I mean, via video or in person. So I know um, he's definitely a, a, a skilled player. Like, don't don't sleep on when he's there. He's going to be there. But this is the off season and the politics of it. You know, there are a lot of things that that are are that goes on behind behind scenes to get people to come to Philly and to, to move pieces in Philly. So, you know, you gotta you gotta take it at face value and just wait. You know, I wouldn't I wouldn't be too scared behind it. Definitely and that's gonna wrap up the Total Sports Live podcast here on Blog Talk Radio. Everybody thanks again for tuning in on BTR and on TuneIn Radio. We'll be back sometime hopefully this week guys probably we'll be back Thursday. Me and Harris Brown will be back on Thursday to break down some arena football, and then we'll be back Sunday to talk about all this good stuff that happened in the wild week of sports once again. And next week we'll have a – next well, two weeks from now, we'll have an NBA draft uh, podcast coming for you guys, previewing the draft. So for Joe and for Wayne, Kid Wiz, excuse me, and Gavin Davis, everybody have a good night, and you know we'll catch you guys same time, same place here on Box Off Radio. Bye, everyone.